Welcome to the Jennings Wire online magazine podcast series, where we feature interviews with top authors and experts. My name is Stacey Emerald Kaufman, the radio director of Annie Jennings PR, the national firm behind the online feature magazine sensation, JenningsWire.com, a special community of bloggers and podcasters that is capturing the heart of America. There's nothing like it on the web, and we invite you to visit JenningsWire.com to discover the blogger that is just right for you. Today's guest is Dr. Leah Hollis. She's a healthy workplace advocate who specializes in workplace bullying and diversity issues. Dr. Hollis is author of Bully in the Ivory Tower, How Aggression and Incivility Erode American Higher Education. And today she's talking with us about the cost of workplace bullying and how to deal with a bully on the job. So welcome, Dr. Hollis. Great. Thanks to be back. Thank you so much. Well, it's good to have you, and this is a topic that I don't think gets a lot of play. So tell us a little bit about what workplace bullying exactly is. Sure. What's interesting is in 48 states, 46 or 48 states, K-12 through bullying is prohibited. But in workplace bullying, once you graduate from high school, I guess we assume that people stop being bullies. What bullying is in the workplace is when you have somebody who is purposely and systemically putting a target in an inferior position. It happens over a period of time, so not a one-off remark, and it's designed to control, frustrate, and intimidate the person in the inferior position. Um, It's typically based on a power differential. I have power over your salary. I have power over your workspace. And I'm going to use this power to make you the target feel really bad on the job, and it does interfere with people's um, workspace, your concentration, your sick time, those types of things. So bullying is still legal, unfortunately, even though there's lots of states trying to fight against workplace bullying or lots of lobbyists trying to take care of that. So, Now, why do you think that it's been allowed to flourish when, as you mentioned, in most other states, Uh, school-age bullying is not? Well, we are behind the globe in this area. In many provinces in Canada, it's illegal. In Scandinavia and different countries in Europe, in Australia, workplace bullying is illegal. In the United States, we have Title VII legislation from 1964. So a lot of organizations, that is businesses, claim, well, you're already managing how I treat underrepresented parties, and now we have this bullying thing going on that is a little bit more amorphous, a little bit tougher to pin down. With Title VII, I would say you're intimidating me because I'm an African-American woman or because of my religion or because of, in some states, I believe it's Michigan, it's um, uh, weight is a protected class. But bullying is not. And so I believe bad behavior is allowed to flourish if the culture of an organization is apathetic about it. They're not worried about it. It is legal to be a jerk to your staff. And it isn't until a savvy target realizes that I can tie this to my protected class status. And we all have one, whether you're over 40 or a woman or a minority or what have you. And if somebody could say you're bullying me because I have a disability, now they put it under those protected classes. But I think it's allowed to flourish because there really isn't legislation prohibiting the behavior. 
Now, it's interesting that you would say, and it's obviously true, that organizations are apathetic to the situation when it costs nearly $10,000 per person yeah. annually to the company. So why would the organization, are they just not aware at the cost of workplace bullying? Well, to derive that number, I had to do a study and an analysis and come up with a conclusion. Some organizations may or may not be willing to engage in that. I am finding more organizations are creating healthy workplace policies or anti-bullying policies. And I'm visiting a number of those campuses across the nation who are saying, we need to create a workplace for our employees to better serve our students or to better serve our clients. What triggers that or why they don't look at it, sometimes the bully is just in good favor. They're friends with the CEO or they're friends with um, the president of the organization. Uh, perhaps the bully has brought in a lot of grants or a lot of clients, and so the leadership is willing to overlook the bully's behavior because the bully, A, has been nice to them those people in higher positions, and the bully is a high achiever. Bullies aren't uh, difficult. Uh, bullies do produce on the job. It's not that they're slackers, um, but they are bringing something to the organization, and the organization doesn't want to deal with them because of whatever personal or fiscal or financial favor they're bringing to the institution. Now, Dr. Hollis, what advice would you give our listeners who might be the target of a bully, anyone who is looking for relief? Are there any kind of first steps or or things they shouldn't do as well? Sure thing. First steps. I believe workplace bullying really does, can begin with what's called microaggressions. That one-off comment about your hair or your clothes or, you know, how you keep your office. And if you the potential target, you let it go. Like you don't even say anything. Now the potential bully is like, okay, well, they, they put up with that big. Well, I'm going to keep going. Well, they put up with the second one. I'm going to keep going. And even in my own career, I've had people bully me. And the way you, I've managed to stop it or to curtail it is I will tell you, you be nice but firm. I don't appreciate how you give me things at the last minute. That's not the best way to get a productive uh, response, you know, in the time that you need. Uh, it would be great if we could come to an agreement about when we have these meetings because you're planning these things without consulting the rest of the staff. And what's better for the department is that we all work together. I do believe in self-advocacy. And this is, and I have to be very clear with this, I am not at all in any way, shape, or form blaming the target. And typically when I make this remark, a potential target says it's not my fault. And I will say it's not your fault. But we do all have a responsibility to self-advocate and to raise our hand and to check the behavior when it still can be checked instead of it's this huge magilla like a year later and it's, it's so far gone you can't do anything with it. That's one way to deal with bullying. There are some bullies, it doesn't matter what you do, they're going to run roughshod over you. Um, what I'm talking about in self-advocacy doesn't necessarily solve all the problems, but certainly also get support around you, other colleagues who are seeing the behavior. Um, talk to somebody on how to best strategize on how to address bullying. But if it goes unchecked, it, it will get bigger. 
All right, Dr. Hollis, thank you so much for your advice on this important issue in workplaces across the country. Dr. Leah Hollis is president and founder of Patricia Berkeley LLC. That's located in greater Philadelphia. You can find updates on her research in this area and presentations at diversitytrainingconsultants.com. That's diversitytrainingconsultants.com. And please feel encouraged to reach out to her directly at equity, the number one, at patriciaberkeley.com. Equity, the number one, at patriciaberkeley, B-E-R-K-L-Y.com. Thank you, Dr. Hollis. Thank you so much for having me. And this podcast is presented by Annie Jennings of the national publicity firm, Annie Jennings PR, the creator of Jennings Wire Online Magazine. Jennings Wire is capturing the heart of America with its rich community of talented, insightful, and relevant bloggers and podcasters. So please visit JenningsWire.com and discover the blogger that is just right for you. Till next time.